Okay, Greg. Yes. When we do these pre-shows, when we do these episodes, um, we don't release them the same day. We don't release them the same week. They usually come out the next week. And so sometimes um, the things we have discussed or talk about might seem timely at the moment, but then a week later, it's like you do your editing and you wonder, why is Krim talking about an event that has already happened? Um, and, and so I mentioned that because you're not, you're not going to, you're not going to pitch the Indies right now. Are you, that happened a couple nights ago? No, I'm, we're not okay. going to talk about okay. that okay. at okay. all. Okay. Just checking, just checking. Just checking. <clears throat> okay. Go ahead. Um, because I think there's more important things mm-hmm. to talk about and over the past year and a half but we could also if we look back over time there i think it's because of the state of the media state of social media people's attentions seem to be shorter we get really focused on one thing and about a week 10 days later we're talking about something else and you and i uh, have the, um, I don't want to say privileged, but it is a privilege. Like, how the heck would a guy growing up in Scarborough who can't play an instrument ever hope to sit down with someone like a Kim Mitchell um, or a Vin Rock um, and some just amazing musicians and some up-and-coming stars, I'm sure, um, and so we get to speak to the with these musicians. Mm-hmm. And so this week uh, is, uh, we're recording this on June the 1st. It is Juno week uh, in Canada. There's a lot of celebration about music. Uh, one of the Canadian musicians that is up, I believe is up for some awards, but he's also doing a, a special performance uh, is William Prince, mm-hmm. uh, an Indigenous uh, singer-songwriter, uh, Juno award-winning singer-songwriter. Um, he put up a, a post uh, a couple of days ago, I think, if not yesterday, uh, about the horror that we have um, been witness to uh, or the horror that has been revealed to us recently. And it's not something that is new um, or something that unfortunately is shocking. It is something that is a, um, an ugly part of Canada. Uh, and so Greg, I, when I read uh, William Prince's post, um, I thought this would be a great way, I think, to to start off this particular podcast with, because for a couple of reasons. One, I hope we don't forget. Uh, And two, uh, I know our guest today, Art Bergman, um, has some thoughts uh, on this. he is not just a punk musician, but he's a 
shit disturber outspoken yep the yep. most positive sure. sense yep so these are the words of william prince from uh, before from you the, go there yes yes Bef- before you go there that's very important what i do want to point out and i'm going to have to go to my uh my uh assistant my research assistant beside me yeah do you know how like schools and government offices and you know, other other buildings are lowering their flags to half staff. Yeah. Until, for whatever length of time it is for, I think it's 215 hours. Okay. An hour for every child. So yeah. I think it's going to be later in the week, they're gonna raise the flag again. Yeah. This is where I'm gonna go to my research assistant for the actual number. But my research assistant, also known as my lovely wife, Kelly, mentioned that if we were to lower the flags mm-hmm. for every child that has been lost as a residential school, we would be lowering the flags for 11 years. Wow. It's just like when she, I got just, I, yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's so I just wanted to, I just wanted to put horrible. that in con. Like, I know you're right. Hopefully we're going to learn and do something and make change. Yeah. And it's a question I'm going to ask as Art about as well with that. Um, but we need to recognize that as, as great of a, not a great, great, great. It's not the right word as, as, uh, as, as much of a gesture. Like I can't even put a, adjective to it, descriptive to it. As much of a gesture as it is to do the one hour for each of the children lost, the, the overall is, 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 is mind boggling. So with that, I'm going to throw back to you. This is the words of William Prince. My friends, I'm speaking to you today as a first nation's father. My heart hurts for the 215 children discovered in Kamloops and I feel the need to share. My strength, love, and empathy goes out to every survivor of residential schools in Canada. Some were as young as three years old. I have a four-year-old son who I can't imagine living without. It causes me waves of panic when I think of anyone taking him against my will the confusion and helplessness of it all. What if these were your children? 215 innocent lives lost and dealt away with. This is genocide towards First Nations people. Genocide towards my friends and relatives. Also, this is just one residential school that was operational until 1969. The last of these schools was still operational in 1996. I was watching Space Jam on VHS with my family while some children were still kept in these schools. This isn't ancient history, this is Canadian history. Since releasing Gospel First Nation, the topic of church and culture has been discussed at length. 
I have learned a lot about who I am and my right to culture and practice. I have learned even more about how that culture and practice was intended to be extinguished. This is what I mean by not every memory of the church is wholesome and full of beautiful nostalgic music for First Nations people. I ask my non-Indigenous, non-Canadian followers to see this for what it is, a nation willing to stand on the backs of the original inhabitants to sustain the falsehood that is an all-inclusive, all-accepting nation of patriotism. First Nations people are in a constant state of defense and recovery, defending who we are and recovering from the actions of those intending to keep First Nations people down. It is quite honestly heartbreaking and exhausting. This includes the lack of clean drinking water on reserves, inadequate housing, education, and resources for dealing with intergenerational trauma. You cannot shoot a man and blame him for bleeding. We need to do better as a country in acknowledging our past as it is still affecting our present. The struggle you see and encounter is because of this history. I don't have all the answers and I am still learning every day. What I do know is these families deserved better. These children deserved life. While we celebrate musical accomplishment this week, please remember these 215 and the families they represent. Again, this is just one, one school. How far does the life of one child extend? Now amplify that hurt and devastation by 215. This is why so many First Nations people are hurting. This is why Canada Day isn't a holiday. This is why the national anthem isn't for everyone. It is not an attack on identity, but rather the truth of horrific acts committed against humanity, the original inhabitants of this land. My fellow Canadians, I have met and shaken hands with so many of you that are of the heart to hold space for us in need. I have met so many beautiful spirits who understand this trauma. I see your messages. I thank you for your understanding. You are the ones who can help move this narrative along to a place of true reconciliation. First Nations shouldn't have to be resilient forever. Unfortunately, the effects of this history force us to be. I live in great privilege and do my absolute best to challenge the stereotypes of being a First Nations person in Canada. I carry the pain of my ancestors with me and through every ceiling we break on this journey. The Anishinaabe way is kindness. Be kind to each other. Be kind to my people, for we are still carrying a great hurt. Remember these children and give thanks for your own if they are still with you. Thank you, William Prince. Wow.
Yeah. It's heavy. I think this weekend Juno's is going to be heavy. I think it's going to be. And, you know, I, th I think also, you know, for me, when it comes to music, um, you know, music that is, um, what's the word for it? Not rebel music. But you know, I'm a huge Neil Young fan. And so, you know, songs like um, Ohio, um, songs like uh, For What It's Worth by Buffalo Springfield. Um, you know, these are, these are anthems. These are songs that, you know, speak to power. Um, I was just showing Cosmer, I think this weekend, uh, Fight the Power, the video for Fight the Power. And um, yeah, I, I think music has a, the, the appealing thing to me is when music, you know, gives the, speaks for the people that can't speak for themselves or um, shows solidarity to those who are um, taken advantage of. It's funny you, you mentioned about fight the power because I think of like, like if I think of the hip hop slash rap bands that are all like, there's so much more in that genre, you know, whether it's um, disposable heroes, PE, yeah, diggable, like there's just, there's so many. So many, anyway. Yeah, and 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 I and I think you're seeing it inside of not. Yeah, I think not. I think you're seeing it. You're also seeing it in the indigenous community, and so it's it it shows you that you know speaking as a middle-aged white dude, you know the whites, the whites aren't aren't. Uh, no, we don't. We don't. We don't have a lot to to to. I was going to say rage against, but then Zach's black, so you know, dumb. So, uh. yeah. Um, I do find it funny. In fact, it was just wasn't last week that uh, Rage put out a statement about Palestine, and a whole bunch of white people basically told them to stay in their lane and don't be political. That's their whole thing. <laughs> That's what, see, that's what musicians do. Like, you know, um, rap music, um, some of the, the, the hard rock that I love listening to, um, folk music, it's all about raging, you know? Yeah. Um, Minaz loves that song um, by, by Joni Mitchell. Uh, oh, my goodness. Um, I can't remember it. It's it's, it's that one uh, um, pay paradise to put up a parking lot. Uh -huh. I mean, that's a song. You know, Minaz is you know uh, an environmentalist, and so that's a song that speaks to her. It's it's not it's not a lovey dove song, uh, in in the sense of boy meets girl, girl meets boy. It's it's about um, 
you know, creating this awareness, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm just going through. I wanted to share because we are a, a music podcast and this all sort of connects uh, with, uh, with one another. Um, but, you know, some, some things I want to uh, call out to people. Um, so June also happens. I don't know what the correct name is, but June is also, I think Kelly might be able to help out with this, but I believe June is Indigenous Awareness Month. Um, here in, in Canada, I believe. She's um, in the other room. So. But I want to call out uh, for those of you who maybe haven't read or watched or listened to uh, The Secret Path uh, by, uh, by Gord Downey, um, please do so. It's about a, a, a boy, uh, Chinese Wenjack. Um, it's a story, it's his story. Um, it, it's a great, and I think this was sort of the impetus for the, um, the Downey Wenjack uh, fund. It's, it's been very interesting listening to Kel virtual teach for mm -hmm. kindergarten and grade three, four. And she spent most of yesterday talking to the kids about it. Wow. And, and, you know, just letting them express and, and, you know, some classes she saw kids were already wearing orange like yeah. yesterday. Um, and so she would ask some of the kids, you know, why are you wearing orange today? And the kids would yeah. say, and, and it was interesting because even some of the kindergarten kids were understanding it. And, but one of the classes, there's so much to, that I could talk about that from, Again, I eavesdrop as I'm working and eavesdrop in on the classes behind yeah. me. Um, but what was interesting was one of the one of the I think it was a kindergarten class said, I mean it was grade three or four, it doesn't matter, said, but why am I only learning about this now? And Kel wow. said, and Kel's comment was I'm 50 something years old and I'm just learning about this now. So yeah. she said, we didn't learn about it when we were your age. It had nothing to do with our curriculum. Yeah. You know, and hopefully, hopefully with these young kids learning about everything, not everything, because we don't know everything yet to your point. Mm -hmm. But as we continue to learn about the atrocities, hopefully it's that next generation that can make a real difference. Hopefully Absolutely. we can too. Don't get me wrong. I'm yeah, not, yeah, yeah. but it's like, like hopefully it's the kids that take us more towards that Gene Roddenberry egalitarian society where people are taken care of. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Not to throw a little sci-fi in there, but. Yeah, and if people are interested, um, I recently had a, uh, I did a podcast episode with Kareem Awad uh, last that was week. was great. Talking about uh, the Palestine-Israel issue. Yeah. And so that's worth listening to just in terms of. For sure. Um, how people treat each other. Uh, yep. But here's just a few. Greg, we've had a, uh, a good number of Indigenous artists uh, come through the podcast. 
Um, I don't have all of their vinyl, but I want to share with you and our listeners and our viewers uh, just some of, if, if they're looking to support Indigenous music, um, who they can consider. Tribe Called Red. This is William Prince's, one of his latest releases. Gospel First Nation. Julian Taylor, award-winning album, The Ridge. Just great. What a voice. Uh, and then one of my favorite bands right now, Crownlands. Um, they're just doing some amazing things in, uh, in rock. Angel. Angel has come on. We have had... Um, Oh my goodness, we've had we've had we've had a lot. We had uh, is it David Strickland, Strickland. Uh, DJ producer, hip hop producer. Yeah, uh, we've had um, who is the gentleman? He's got the song. I think it's called Politician Man. Adrian Sutherland. Uh, he's come on. Uh, Twin Flames. And flames, yep, that's what I was just about to uh, say. Twin flames have uh, have come through. Yeah, uh, obviously, Crown Lands has been a guest uh, of ours, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's a heavy week, heavy, heavy week. Hi, the following podcast is brought to you by Radical Road Brewery, the best craft beer in the heart of Leslieville. Find him at 1177 Queen Street East. That's Radical Road Brewery. Hi, this is Art Bergman. You're listening to Welcome to the Music, where you will hear cuts from my newest album, Late Stage Empire Dementia. See you later. Where are you guys? Edmonton? I'm in Toronto. You're in Toronto. Great. Yeah, the dirty city. I'm up on the Manitoulin right now, hiding out in cottage country. Okay. Good for you. Yeah. We're hiding out <laughs> north of Calgary. Yeah. How are things there? Uh, well, things are dark all over in this country, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Um, I did a podcast last night with a, a indigenous woman and another guy. They've started a podcast to meet with settlers, get with indigenous people, and have a conversation. And um, it was great. It's called Unsettled, so uh, it'll be coming out in a couple months, I, I guess. But you, you know, uh, it was great to talk to. Her her because she was so calm and knew her way of life they call it the way you walk and and the four sacred directions and she's just full of wisdom you know and so calming it was great to hear from someone like that who's part of the 60s scoop she was and but still uh 
I mean, they've known about this for for a hundred years. So, where have we been? Yeah, it's it, it's it's interesting, and we'll just let it roll and look and, and like. Yeah. Uh, um, we we actually started. So we do a pre-show before we jump in, and we usually you know riff on whatever happening at the time, rock and roll hall of fame inductees, whatever, you know, around music. And, um, we started today with a discussion around this and Kareem read William Prince's post, um, as leading up to the Junos. And it was just, you're right. How how, how do we not know this? Um, we were, we were talking about my wife's a teacher, um, with the TDSB, but where she's doing it virtually from up here. And I think it was either one of her kindergarten classes or one of her grade three classes yesterday said to her, you know, how are we just learning about this now? And her comment was I'm 50 something years old and I'm just learning about this now. Like we didn't know anything like we, like to your point, how are we just learning about this now? We learned about this in 2015 with the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. But obviously, people don't listen to CBC. I listened to to most of the testimony and have read through the calls to action, especially actions uh, 71 through 78, which calls for the uh, search for missing children and their burial grounds. And it's laid out in detail. They wanted a hundred one and a half million dollars, and that was denied by Chuck Strahl in 09, the conservative government at the time. Though we're all the blame. I mean, uh, who doesn't? I mean, why every time these uh, commissions and stuff come up, we, uh, they're just. Uh, <laughs> as a lot of white people are finally say they're shocked um something will happen but we have to we have to hold this thinking government to account i, I saw this you um government canada we should uh i mean re- reading lots of indigenous people online and uh you know they want to they want to burn the flags and the churches and the churches to pay right now what what can we i i i remember seeing something or hearing something you were mentioning about you know you you referenced trudeau's promise to gord downey um to make a change like how 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 can how do you feel we can pressure and push or make change or make sure the government makes change like how are we going to do that good question I don't know what it takes. It takes a lot of um, people in the straight street, usually people uh, accosting them, accosting them, attacking them every single day. Letters. I don't know how much of a pain of a, 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 in the ass you have to be to get something done in, in Ottawa. But uh, I mean, look at look at these. Bill C-15, which is so full of caveats, it's laughable about uh, implementing a United Nations Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. It's uh, We're going to start to begin to commence to be very careful 
about what we do about implementing UNDRIP basically is what Bill C-51 does and it's, it's a laughable bureaucratic baffle cab once again. How did you, Arta, I want to ask you about, you know, many Canadians, if, if not most Canadians know about um, the story of Chani Wenjack because of Gordowney. Um, and Gordowney found out about it through a McLean's article that, uh, that his brother shared with him. Uh, but I think a, a few, maybe around the same time, maybe earlier, um, you wrote a song uh, yeah, about... 2015, I wrote yeah. a, I read a story in the Saskatoon Star of Phoenix called Told and Alone. It's the story of a young member of the huge bird family, indigenous family of Saskatchewan, 69. He ran from uh, Montreal Lake Res School in late October, and he never made it home. A, a good cop kept his bones and over the years kept testing them and finally through a DNA analysis and samples of his sister's DNA he was finally identified five decades later wow and it's it's uh, the story was right there on on the uh, on the page I mean you asked for me to perform a song that's one I, I would perform but uh my osteo is so bad that I don't know if I could play a song at the moment. That's cool. That's oh, cool. no worries. No, no. That is, that is, that is good. Um, one of the things that Greg and I are not good at is sort of changing topics, especially when we're talking about something as important as, um, as this, as, as what the country is, hopefully going through and going to continue to go through rather than uh, a week from now or two weeks from now, forget about it and start paying attention to, you know, something else. If all else fails, we should sick the international criminal court on the government of Canada. Yeah. Well, if that's possible, but yeah. Yeah. When, when, when did you, um, is it, is it part of, and I don't, I know you don't like labels necessarily, but it is part of the sort of uh, quote unquote punk ethos to care about, uh, stuff like this to be a shit to like, how did you become interested in, um, the plight of the downtrodden? If I if I might use that term, uh, I got it from my old man. I think he's a NDP socialist. Escaped the Russian Revolution actually in 1923, and uh, but in spite of that, he became a small C uh, communist Christian at the same time. And uh, instilled a lot of the ideas in my head. I used to uh, put together uh, NDP brochures for them when I was seven years old. Um, and so I just learned about basic concepts of sharing the wealth and how the society could work. If, uh, if, if, if. 
the BCNDP that we once worked for is no longer there. Dave Barrett was in 72, it was called Allende of the North by Time Magazine, but that NDP is long gone now. Site seed dam and, and allowing old growth logging. I mean, what, what a disappointment. But uh, it's always I, been, I, um, especially with the punk ethos. Yeah, uh, I was kind of uh, directionless rock and roll. Uh, I went to see all the bands when I was a kid, thirteen year old. Went went to um, my first festival, nineteen sixty nine, in Squamish, BC, and saw a staggering array of bands. The first night, the uh, security guards. It was so cold. They burnt the fences down, and the whole thing was a disaster as far as paying bands. But but you could see people like Little Richard taunting a, a meth head uh, Hell's Angels, and or Alice Cooper and blocks of light and and chickens flying around to someone like the Birds with Graham Parsons, who I've been a fan of ever ever since. So. It was quite an education, especially to walk in for free. And and you talk about um, I, I I know you've talked about sort of again punk being the a, a group of let's say misfits for lack of a better word, but coming together to take care of each other. You know, um, that like looking back to the seventies is that part of that? Yes, sir. Yeah. Mid seventies, uh, nightclubs and scenes in this country were a wasteland of, of cover bands and satin pants. Uh, covering <laughs> whatever. You got cut off. Yep. You so so yeah. So where 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 you got cut off was just at the beginning where you were talking about sort of the 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 punk scene in the early or the mid seventies kind of thing. Mid seventies, yeah, and that yeah. The vo- I think the voice of John Lydon made every changed everything. <laughs> uh, that keening, wailing voice, and just the onslaught of outrage, I think, uh, put everybody to the test. I mean, the original punk bands were all different. We were all in Vancouver anyway. Everybody was different. We were all dressed differently. There was no code at all. We were like, there was trans people, gay people, everybody was welcome. And uh, probably probably all the outcasts in town would, would come out at right. And anyone could play who wanted to play. And uh, so just a great ethos. And um, if, you, if you were too dull, you'd get uh, bottled off the stage or spit off the stage as it were and uh, so the uh, the challenge was high and you had to bring in quite an entertainment factor but before that I knew I had taught myself how to play country and blues and rock and roll from a 50s through 60s kind of nuggets era education and 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 so but i tore all that apart deconstructed it and then gradually brought all those 
elements back to bear in over the years to my music. It, it's interesting because I think of young Canadians, Hawaii, and there was a very swing. It's it's funny because I was thinking when I was when I was thinking back to then, I think of sort of there's you know my wife and I were talking about there's sort of that sort of seventies to eighties. You know, she grew up on the west coast. I grew up on the east coast, and I sort of feel like you know young Canadians, Hawaii. And for her in, in the West Coast, and for me, I think of sort of Teenage Head, which is funny that they covered Let's Go to Hawaii, but, you know, the, 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 sort of the punk sounds of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. But, yeah. Anyway. No, where I was going to go with that, sorry, was just, just from the perspective of the different, you know, again, the different sounds. And what where I wanted to talk about that was, or where I wanted to go with that was was, was if, if you can talk about sort of the influence of the bands before you like the, the punk, like DOA, I think DOA was an influence to you and some of the bands that came, you, you talked about Johnny Lydon and, and the Sex Pistols, obviously, but just within the Canadian punk scene. Well, there wasn't wasn't a Canadian punk scene. Well, uh, Joey uh, Keith Lee and the Skulls were, I think, the first attempt at at being a punk band. They still had their bell bottoms on, and uh, half of them had their hair cut off. The other half were still hippies from somewhere up up the Fraser Valley, and uh, uh, uh and they started the first shows in halls in Vancouver, where we were introduced to the wonderful Dish Rags. And uh, soon after, we had the pop of the Pointed Sticks. And uh, it's uh, all, the, all the bands on the uh, Vancouver Complication record, which was the first uh, look at all how different all the bands were. You had like generators and crazy crazy shit on there I, I i just love the variety of it art you got uh we're going to go back and forth here but you got inducted is it, i don't know is that the word you got the order of canada um and so obviously there's not a presentation you weren't yeah. able to receive, maybe they mailed you the pin, I don't know, but there wasn't a, a formal ceremony in person, I don't think. Um, but, let's have uh, a ceremony. This is it. That's, all right. That's, uh, is, that, is that the pin? You haven't even taken it out. <laughs> don't you have to wear it's, that every time you make an appearance pin somewhere? With an extra in case you lose it. It's, it's fairly, uh, fairly modest. <laughs> but you must be thinking of the speech uh, that you're going to make and instead of, uh, you know, thank you very much, thank you very much, I'm sure whether you're going to have it memorized or if it's going to be the top of your head or the top of your heart or you'll pull out a paper, but what, what would you say? Um, today to uh, I guess the governor I, there is no governor general right now I don't yeah, think she, uh, she gave me this award to nefarious bribes or something and uh, <laughs> then she got kicked out of office so yeah. um, it's all very <laughs> serious to me I, I, I was hey, wait a second. name it the disorder of Canada 
the disorder began. <laughs> but uh, uh, my speech, uh, I was actually considering yesterday to, uh, to throwing it back in their faces if they don't do something about uh, finding the murdered children of, of this nightmare. But uh, Indigenous woman, Jessica, suggested that I shouldn't do that yet. It's too complicated uh, of, a, of a thing. But, you know, I, I wanted to uh, send it back to the crown from the rotten ship that rode in on. Yeah, you know, it's... it's we, you know, we say that it's it's complicated and stuff, and 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 maybe it is for those who sit um, in Ottawa um, or other places of of government in this country. Um, but it's, I think it's very simple. Uh, not just yeah, for not complicated, no. No, just for us three simple Canadians, but I think it's very simple for the families. Yeah, been, very been simple. Sim very simple. It's not yeah. complicated at all. It's called fucking genocide. Yeah, I do not disagree with you on on that. Um, they, can, they can take that that cultural qualifier away for good now, and we can all shut the fuck up about how smugly great we are in Canada compared to everyone anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Greg and I were talking earlier before you came on art about music. Wait a second. I was, I had to do something this afternoon. Who won the hockey game? Montreal, right? Yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Did our bud Suleiman pay you I to only, say that to me? Or? I only watched Jake. I only watch game sevens in sports. <laughs> Usually, I try. Oh, oh, Art, this is classic. <laughs> this is classic. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, are you leafers? <laughs> uh, Greg, I think if, if whenever Greg gets cut, it comes out blue. Ah. I am a, I am a I am a long long suffering Leafs fan. Oh. I I I have you know it goes back to the f the last cup when I was like in my parents' arms, and uh. then I suffered through the Ballard years, <laughs> and then I enjoyed the Gilmore years, and then I jumped off the bandwagon, and then I jumped back on five years ago, and then I jumped off, and my son who's in his twenties, every last couple of years, Dad, I promise, I promise. You, you need to start watching the team again. You need to start following again. And I'm like, Bri, I love you. But, and so this year I, I didn't get into it. I bought, cause we're up at the cottage. So we stream everything. I paid for Sportsnet, and uh, thinking that I would at least get to see two series and I'm canceling my Sportsnet tonight. Uh, made it to the seventh, instead of last, come on. That's pretty good. A good yeah. record, a good run. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. there's out in the cold for so long. My God. Yeah. Cry yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is perfect. Yeah. This is perfect. Um, I, love your, I love your horseshoe tavern background. Oh, thank you. That's uh, yeah. 5440 on there. Is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Neil's over. Oh, other side. Neil's over here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Art. 
we want to talk about lost venues. Um, you, you've probably played all over this country. Um, not enough, are, really. No. Sure. Well, it's never enough, is it? <laughs> no. But is, is there a, is there a place art that you have really fond memories of? And you know, over time, these places come and go. But is, is there a place you have really fond memories of that unfortunately does not exist anymore? Hmm. The town pump was pretty filthy in Vancouver after they let us play there. Uh, it was kind of a nice place, but but you got to remember there was nowhere to play. We had to we had to go play the Smiling Buddha, the, the emptiest, craziest little bar on East Hast deep East Hastings in Vancouver at one block down from Maine and Hastings. And uh, we had the place thriving within six days. We just started playing every night and learned, learning our songs. And the next week, the subhumans played there for a week. And then it was DOA and everyone else. So uh, I miss, I miss um, little, yeah, tiny, tiny clubs, you know. I don't miss Crocs and Rolls, though, in Thunder Bay, the place you had to play there because it was halfway between Winnipeg and Toronto or something like that. And Frank was such a great guy and served uh, some homemade spaghetti every time. But uh, but uh, the, the PA system was a stereo that that sat on the on the floor. So maybe I do kind of miss. I, I miss uh, little bars where when you played, the crowd was like with you on the stage. That that kind of action was perfect perfect for the punk days. Yeah. What well, what was that place again in Thunder Bay? Crocs and Rolls. Crocs. Rocks and rolls, like rock and rolls. Rocks roll. and rolls. Yeah, yeah. So you you got paid in spaghetti, was it? Yeah. <laughs> as long as you got fed in a place that a place to rest your head before the long drive uh, down to Toronto. Yeah. I can't. Um, memory's shaky, but. Uh, some weird, weird places like in Winnipeg, uh, St. Charles Hotel bar was crazy. There was a Holocaust survivor, a woman there who worked there, and uh, she was a little bit disturbed at, at the goings on of, of punk bands coming in there. She had wanted us in bed by 11 o'clock at night, and uh, what? <laughs> it was an early, yeah, an early closing at, at the bar for some reason in those days. And uh, her name was Maria, and I'll, I'll never forget her. She had the number on her arm and uh, everything. Wow. Mm. She must have had some wow. stories. Did you have any opportunity? Oh, she was, she was uh, not, not uh, coherent in her storytelling. She was oh. uh, damaged. Mm. Wow. That's awesome. So, so smiling Buddha in Vancouver, rocks and rocks in Winnipeg. 
Yeah, where would, would what would be in Calgary? I, I guess the uh, Palomino now is the stinky little basement too. Played there a couple of times. Uh, Edmonton, I can't remember. Still trying to get into the theaters. <laughs> Still, still trying. That's awesome. Still, still yeah. Trying. Maybe yeah. the order of Canada will get me into uh, Massey Hall or something for a one off. Yeah, that how, would be how, awesome. That particularly when we open. How often can you play arts? Uh, well, with with a band, I can play play the songs, but uh, I can't stand up to you. So I, I might need some kind of tram, trapeze or a wheelchair activity yeah yeah well uh what's his face phil collins is uh he doesn't play the drums anymore he just sits down in a chair and belts out the tunes for uh for genesis these days i just hate phil collins i won't say anything (laughs) (laughs) and the interview is done (laughs) (laughs) palestine palestine what what are your what yeah. are your thoughts on on what's going on in that side of the world? Uh, well, I just said that because you're not allowed to say that word on CBC. Apparently, now if you're a reporter, really? they're, they're, they're uh, reporting on on the conflict is is uh, leaves a lot to be deserved. I I, I think. Yeah. There's a lot of money in the for the Israel lobby happening in Ottawa and the USA. I believe where uh, I mean, uh, what can you say? Apartheid. Everyone can see. Everybody can see it now. I mean, everyone's got a camera. Everybody can see what's going on. The yep. West Bank is just split up into little uh, bantu stands and there's walls and kicking out people, settlers coming in, just kicking out Palestinians, one one family to the next. And it's, and it's brutal and it's got to be stopped. I don't know how. Yeah. There's a, like you said at the beginning, there's, <clears throat> there's a lot of darkness these days. Yeah. Let's talk about your latest project, Art. Lay the stage. dark album. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? <laughs> yeah, one of the one of the things that I wanted to, and I, I'm going to geek out a bit here, but I wanted to talk about you or or. or find out from you what it was like working and collaborating with Wayne Kramer on crystal fascist fascists for the new album. I mean, I, oh, I, I can't yeah. even, I can't even fathom what that was like. Uh, why not with today's technology? Uh, I never met him. Oh. I haven't even talked to him on the phone. We sent him the track. I was for a few minutes there last year at the beginning of this project, I was uh, linked with an, small LA record company called Porterhouse. They put out Hawaii and instead of work, putting out this new album, he wanted to p- 
put out my old shit down for Vegas and all that old crap. And uh, I insisted it had to be the new album because it referred to the world now and needed to be out now. Mm -hmm. um, and he didn't want to go for it. So uh, we split ways. But before we split ways, he had Wayne Kramer play on Christo Fascists. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I wrote that song in about two days. And... Uh, I said, if there's a song he can play on, he had used them for some other projects. And if there's a song he can play on, it's got to be this one because I used the Detroit Heavy Stooges riffing on it just for the effect. And I felt mm -hmm. it would uh, lend uh, the atmosphere, the chaotic vibe it needed. So it happened and I couldn't be happier. That's great. Great, great track. Great track. I was wondering, Art, you said you 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 didn't have to talk to him. You never saw him. I was going to ask you, do you know who Wayne Kramer is? Like, yeah. What the heck? No. Some, some guitar guy. Here, the hard stuff. <laughs> some guitar but, player. Uh, I certainly do. Uh, I remember owning uh, Kick Out the Jams as a kid. And nice. uh, how awesome that was. And... and uh, in the video, we've been fighting YouTube all of all of, for the last six months trying to keep that video up on there, and they've they pulled it down three times now. And they finally, you have to go through a process of uh, age restriction and uh, several other permissions to get to see the video. So, like, it's finding a a porn for if you're ten years old or some gold or something. If you go through these uh, three checklist to, to see the video so i encourage everyone to have a look uh, thor Hendrickson from halifax made it and uh, it's all from news footage from 2020 from the streets of 2020 and uh, black lives matter and the actual footage of the murder of black people and uh history of genocide of, of blacks and first nations so it's all common knowledge and uh, somebody obviously somewhere keeps complaining about it and it gets pulled. But uh, yesterday was the latest uh, time that they've re-put it back and they actually sent me a message from an actual person sent me a message from YouTube Music and said hello to me. And this is unbelievable. If you know anything how that company works, there's slaves in, in barns or barn cubes, they call them, that uh, have to go through all kinds of horrific content. So for an actual human to contact us and, and, and uh, put it back up was quite unusual. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not the workers there's fault. Um, it's, it's just the, how their system is set up. Are you are you sort are you taking care of all of this yourself, or do you got like a management team that looks after? I got WeWork in Toronto. Phil Cligo, you familiar with the man? Um, he brought out uh, Great Lakes Swimmers twenty years ago. He used to run Canadian Music Week, I think, and yep. uh, puts out odd records that he likes and. Uh, 
He's called WeWork, and I advise you to check him out. That's where you can buy my record, but by the way, also. Yeah, well, definitely, definitely check it out. What's the, what do you, I mean, what are your thoughts of the sort of gatekeeper technology companies now that we have, whether it's YouTube or, or Spotify? Um, do you even give it a thought? uh an ounce of thought or do you just focus in on your music and what you want to tell the world and let people like we work figure all that stuff out I'm trying to figure it out but i have no idea about how to even collect our 0. 0.003 cents from them for play of a song i mm-hmm. it's calling but uh, we should have uh, made a musicians union perhaps to fight these people, but th- they own the world now and y- you can't even contact a human being and see if they have any empathy, the empathy uh, gene in them. Hmm. But it, it's highway robbery at, at uh, a thousand percent every day, all day. And uh, I don't know. I have no idea how 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 to make money except to, to be on the road and to sell physical physical product. Yeah, it's changed a lot. Yeah, I was gonna say, did you did you like did you change how you released this album or when you released this album because of the pandemic? Because we can't get back on the road, that kind of thing. Or had you always planned to release the album now? Oh, I, I, I just think this plague is going to be an ongoing thing. So um, I just wanted to get it out as fast as possible. But uh, to put it on the road and put a band on the road is, as you might realize, like herding cats So and ex- with expensive cat food. So... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know how any of this shit works anymore. I'm from the old world, so where you got in debt for hundreds of thousands of dollars and uh, tried to borrow money to go down the road for another tour. But uh, uh, I finally got to the point where people didn't want to invest any more money in me because they want, they want hits uh, now all the time they don't think of longevity or how long a song is going to last or the career of a band is going to last or the longevity of their music is, is just uh, it's instant back then and and now it's like a thousand times faster so art um i have a question for you um, i know you do you, do you know what the question is? No. No. <laughs> do you? Can you show me the Juno from 1996? Do you have it there with you? <laughs> no, I don't have my fucking Juno. You know. Okay. So you so okay. I just just want to set the record straight that you don't have about my Juno. I sold my Juno. Okay, because there's two stories. There's one story that you sold it uh, for heroin and another story that you pawned it but you got it back pawned it who is <laughs> no i use it for collateral 
to, to yeah, buy okay. dope. But so I didn't go and get it back. I didn't care about it. It was the ugly one where it was about this tall and looked like a toilet roll holder. Um, I'm not into awards. I don't understand them. And for alternative, come on, that means loser. (laughs) (laughs) So I have a question to ask you as we come to the end of our time together. The question that I'd like to ask our guests is, what are you listening to lately? What's in your earbuds that people should be checking out? Well, I got turned on to this guy from the a nomad from the desert. I really love the desert nomad music of Tanarwen and those guys who are now engaged in a battle against uh, Islamic terrorism at the same time. And the music from that desert is just amazing and, and i love that shit yeah, but i i can't remember from like from one day to the next what i used to like i used to be a huge you know replacements fan i still am if it comes on but uh you know whatever comes by if uh i hear a great song usually once a day somewhere in the car usually but uh i, I don't I just can't keep track of what I like, or what I used to like, or or what I should like. Um, you know. No, fair I enough. Thanks. Thanks. So much music out there. I love. Uh, well, I, I love the young female rappers, and they're coming out of Canada. The singers. This girl Ruth B from Edmonton came out with a song called uh, "If I Had a Child." And, and of course, having that discussion with she's black, of course, and, and having that talk with your son about yeah. perhaps being shot by the cops. Yeah. And it's hmm. brutally, brutally um, heartrending ballad. Hmm. Wow. wow. Do you guys do a, a, like a daily a radio show or something? This is a, weekly. a week, weekly podcast? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Did yeah, you use in uh, radio? Nope. No, we're both in marketing. Yeah, we're, we we sell our we sell our soul during the day arts, <laughs> and then we redeem ourselves once a week in the evening. Try to, try to, we try to. We try to. I'm good. What are you marketing? Greg, I'm, in, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in booze, wine, okay, and, wine, wine and spirits. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When I come to see you, you're going to line me up some shots. Then. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 We will. We will take you to. Uh, we'll take you to. Uh, I'll call it our bar. We'll take you to our bar, Radical Road on uh, on Queen Street. Oh, what is it? What's it called? Radical Road Brewery. Out of out of Leslieville. Yet that's another great place. Uh, Communist daughter uh, is it still there? John Bora used to play there uh, weekly in the winter a few years ago at um, Ossington and Dundas. Yeah, this is on the other end of town. This is the Leslieville side. This is the east side that we record on. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll have you there when you when we're all done this and. Hopefully you're wrong and that the pandemic and you can fly to Toronto and come and visit us and we'll uh, have a couple of drinks. He'll have, he'll have his diet Cokes and we can have a couple of drinks at Radical Road. Excellent. 
Um, how about the Matador? Is it still there? Um, I heard somebody's bringing, again, it was pre-pandemic. They were dropping a bunch of money into it, I think. Um, but I don't know. I mean, with the pandemic, who knows? I mean, we've lost, yeah, we've lost the mod club though. Apparently somebody's going to invest in that. Um, we'll see. Good luck with that. The Matador ballroom is permanently closed, according to Google. Especially uh, yours and mine in Alberta. These guys can't can't even sell. Take a break from selling used cars. Oh. No, very different. Very very different out there compared to here, for sure. Yeah. 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 But we we're spiking again. We're on a what fourth surge. Mm -hmm. keeps he keeps out. he can't he can't bring himself to shut the place down no i couldn't believe ford did it i really got like i like when kenny wouldn't i didn't expect ford to do it but he did and we were down to under 600 or 600 or something today so we're on the other side knock on wood yeah moving in the right direction yeah uh, art I, I had a question about your song the legend of bobby bird could we actually take a minute to do a intro to that song? Sure. Um, actually, right now, um, the guy who made the Crystal Fascist video is doing lyric video for that song because mm. it's. Uh, I used Bobby Bird to represent all all the kids that disappeared at, from those prison schools. But tell me, tell us a little bit about the song, The Legend of Bobby Bird. Yeah, Bobby Bird was 10 years old. The Bird family is huge, indigenous family in Saskatchewan. Montreal Lake, just outside of uh, Saskatoon, I believe, a residential school. He was there. And uh, early in October, he thought he could make it home any started I started walking home uh, he never made it and uh, it took four days before the the brothers of the school sent someone looking for him but uh, he wasn't found till the next spring I believe his bones were found and a good cop kept uh, trying to identify the bones and finally through DNA analysis uh, oh, it was a few short years ago probably 2015 he uh, through samples of his sisters he was identified as, as young bobby bird and all those years they had no idea what happened to him this is the legend of bobby bird with art bergman the story of bobby bird Oh, ten years old One of those who never returned From those schools with souls burned Bobby lies in the dark thinking how hard can it be For a tough trapline kid like me Two hundred clicks from the mighty town of Larange Home to the brush, Saskatchewan 
cold and alone Hear the wolves moan For Bobby Bird Go home Bobby Bird Late October when Bobby ran From the kind of treatment who could understand I Beat him every time he opened his mouth I Beat him on the back for speaking his tongue Yeah, yeah, oh Identified DNA from his mother's side with the white tailed deer bone. Story was known, not cold and alone. Hear the wolves moan, Bobby Bird. Come home, Bobby Bird. It took four days for the brothers sent someone looking. Another dead Indian, not surprising. Bobby didn't think twice when he hit that truck on the road. Jumped that ditch and into the woods he strode Not cold and alone Hear the wolves moan For Bobby Bird Come home Bobby Bird You can deny it's genocide The curse of this land still resides And those vanished kids in their forests of miles Never to return Thank you, sir.
Thank, Thank you. you. So it's, much, it's, it's been it's been an honor. It's been an honor to have you on with us today. Oh, Greg, you look so familiar to me. I must have uh, seen you in Toronto somewhere in the past. Probably probably back eighties in the music scene. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Kareem, you remind me of somewhere someone at the university station um, in Toronto as well that I spoke to about forty years ago. Forty. I would be too young. I'm too young. <laughs> Were you 30, 30 years ago, say? Me. I would have been ten years old, maybe. Ninety-two. <laughs> you were not ten years old thirty years ago. You're so full of shit. <laughs> Come on, Greg. No, I would. I would. I was a uh, uh, an ignorant uh, kid at university, thinking I knew the world. Uh, good <laughs> for you. In, back in '91. <laughs> You got Neil, you got Neil Young. I got Che. They might be brothers. <laughs> they might be. I was. I always wanted to just make enough money in music and set up my own little Che Guevara group. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Nice. That's awesome. Awesome. Art, thank you so much. Thanks, Actually, before- yeah. Thank you, sir. One one more thing, Art. Before we let you go, um, people are going to want to buy uh, the new album or stream the new album. Where can they go? Go to WeWork, or you can get all the information you need there. It's spelled uh, small w e e w e r k dot com. Awesome, Art. Perfect. Again, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. You bet. Thanks, you guys. Take care of yourself. Bye.